Um, okay, so my to topic that I've been given is work. And I'm assuming that that topic has been given to me because we've been doing a uh, talk on money. And most people get their money by going to work and getting paid for it. But I am aware that there's a lot of you in here that have stopped paid employment and are retired. And so you might think it's time for you to switch off. Um, but what I would say is the principles that I'm going to explain that the Bible says about work still apply, even though you may not be still in paid employment and you're moving on to unpaid employment. <laughs> so... One of the surprising themes that have come out, I think, since we've been doing this talk on money is how important um, connecting with other people, caring for other people and being generous with other people is, is an important aspect of money and being prosperous and, and being blessed. And we'll also see that that is true of work, um, that it's important um, that we're connected to other people and we care for other people. So what I plan to do is look at the different opinions um, in popular uh, culture about work and in Christian culture. Um, then look what the Bible is saying, some important things that the Bible is saying about work. I can't say everything the Bible's saying about work, but I've picked some important things. And then I hope to tell you some things that might help us in our work. So we're going to start with some, some quotes about work to see whether this is your opinion or not. So <clears throat> there's Charles Lamb, who is a um, 18th century uh, poet and author. And he says, I always arrive late at the office, but I make up for it by leaving early. <laughs> and then um, Jerome K. Jerome, this is quite a famous quote. I like work. It fascinates me. I can sit and look at it for hours. <laughs> and then Douglas Adams, who wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I love deadlines. I love the whooshing noise they make as they go um, Ronald Reagan I've heard that hard work never killed anyway, anyone but I say why take the chance and then something a little bit more thoughtful perhaps if you trust in yourself and believe in your dreams and follow your star you'll still get beaten by people who spent their time working hard, learning things and weren't so lazy Uh, just my own personal work, work background, I work full-time and um, have most of my life apart from the eight years when I put my feet up and, was, and had a nice time while I was looking after four children under the age of five. So, <laughs> um, and I work in Lincoln full-time doing radiotherapy uh, and I have a managerial and clinical um, position, so um, I have to tell lots of people what to do, basically. But anyway, <clears throat> so that's where I'm coming from. Um, right, so different opinions about what work is, what should our opinion be of work. So the ancient Greeks saw work as a necessary evil, especially menial tasks. 
and that really the only way to a fulfilling life was to not have to work and to be engaged as little in everyday life as you could possibly be. So that was the Greek opinion. And then we've got a modern-day anarchist who has this to say. Could you put the first slide up? No one should ever work. Work is the source of nearly all the misery in the world. Almost any evil you'd care to name comes from working or from living in a world designed for work in order to stop suffering. We have to stop working. So that's somebody's opinion. Okay. What about in popular culture? Well, Dolly Parton says, when we're working nine to five, what a way to make a living, barely getting by. It's all take and no giving. So that's what Dolly Parton thinks. And what about ABBA? I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? <laughs> and still there never seems to be something, it's not enough for me. A single penny left for me, that's too bad. But in my dreams I have a plan. If I get me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd play all day and have a ball. All right. So that's, um, you know, some people's opinions. And, you know, if I ask a lot of people at work, the, the question that comes out is, if you won the lottery, would you still work? <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of us think that we're working because... Um, we haven't got enough money not to work, but really the best thing could possibly be if we didn't work and we could have a life of leisure. So, a little bit like these chaps, if you could play the clip for me. It's the clip. Busy doing nothing. La, la. We're busy doing nothing, working the whole day through, trying to find lots of things not to do. We're busy going nowhere, isn't it just a crime? We'd like to be unhappy, but we never do have the time. Okay. <laughs> so, that's some people's opinions of work. But actually, um, fortunately, we also know that work is good for you. This week actually is Mental Health um, Awareness Week. And um, from the Mental Health Foundation, this is what they have to say about the importance of employment for people. So, it promotes general health and well-being gives an income and purpose, promotes independence and social skills, improves self-esteem, self-worth and confidence, reduces psychological distress and defines us. Conversely, unemployment gives a greater risk of developing a mental health problem, increased rate of depression and suicide, and higher use of health services and health and hospital admission. So that is somebody else's opinion and when I think about that I think about our friend here and how much she does to, she realizes the importance of employing you know getting people employment and how much it helps their 
their worth. And uh, so we do know that there's real value in that. So that's different opinions. What about Christians' opinions? There's quite a lot of different Christian opinions of what the purpose of work is. So here's some of them. So what's the main thing? And I'd like you to have a think about this. Decide which you think is the most important, and then we'll have a show of hands as to what we think is we're trying to achieve through our work as Christians. So bring about social justice. Evangelize colleagues. Do high-quality, excellent work. Influence culture so that it glorifies God. Create beauty. Use the gifts and talents God has given. Make as much money as possible to give away to the kingdom of God. Okay, so have a think about that for a few seconds as to which you think is the most important. So, how many of you think that, but just a show of hands, that, and by the way, there isn't a the right answer, so don't worry, that, um, that our main purpose as Christians is to bring about, at work, is to bring about social justice? Okay. How many think it, we should, our main purpose is to evangelize colleagues? Nope. How many of you think this is to do high quality, excellent work? How many is, is it to influence culture to glorify God? How many think it's to create beauty? Uh, how many think it's to use the gifts and talents God has given? And how many think it's to make as much money as possible to give to the kingdom of God? Woo! <laughs> That's a surprising one. Nobody put their hand up for that. Um, so the truth is, they're all true. They're all things that um, the Bible, the, there's, there's evidence in the Bible that all those things are things that we could be and should be achieving, or well, not should be, but could be achieving through our work. And you could argue the case um, for all of them. Um, and some jobs are great because you get to do all that. <laughs> you know, the, the nature of the job is that you produce that you, you're able to sort of do all those things. But it might be that you are a concert pianist and you've got to play Moonlight Sonata. Sonata. Well, you know, that's fairly fixed, isn't it? You know, there's not much room for <laughs> anything else if you're doing that. So it does depend on, on what work you're doing. But they're all different thoughts by Christians as to what work should be. So what we're going to look at now is what can we learn from the Bible? So, despite the fact that our friends are busy doing nothing, trying to find lots of things not to do, the Bible is very clear that work is good, work is a blessing, work is a gift, and that we are designed for it. So, how do we know that? Well, right in the beginning of time, when this world was made, God worked. He worked for six days and he rested on the seventh day. He created something. And we're made in the image of God. So if we're made in the image of God, God wants us also to work. Now, God did it so that he could provide for all of mankind. 
And it says that he saw it was good. There was joy and fulfillment from doing that work. And then if we move forward to the New Testament, we see that Jesus um, said that it was for the joy that was set before him, he went to the cross. And it also says that doing his father's work was like food to him. And he said that his father was always working. So we can see that God is always working. And, and therefore, we're made in the image of God. We were designed. It's not an afterthought. Work isn't an afterthought to make the best of a bad situation. We are designed to do work. The other reason we know that we're designed to do work and it's good is because Adam and Eve were asked to work in the garden. This is before, in the Garden of Eden, this is before any sin came into the world or before the fall. They were put in the garden to take care of it. That's what it says, to work, to work the garden, to bring out its potential. So um, God, in this garden, he's providing for them physically. He's giving them purpose and dignity it was a spiritual thing because they were serving and obeying God. They, will be they were able to be creative, make something good and beautiful. They were able to expand, and it says that they were to fill the earth. So in other words, it was their responsibility to create civilizations and to create culture. So that was what God gave the work for us to do before any sin. That was his plan for us. Can you see all the good things that God has got designed in work? And the other reason we know that work is a gift is because it's going to be in eternity. It's going to be in the new heaven and the new earth. I've got a couple of scriptures for that. Or maybe I've only got one. <laughs> okay. So it says in Isaiah, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. So we're going to be making houses and we're going to be um, back to some gardening. Um, and then in Revelation 22.3, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. So we are going to be working in, in heaven. So... Work is good. The second thing the Bible tells us is that all work is a calling. We often have an idea in Christianity that some people are called to do, you know, spiritual work, you know, to be a, a pastor. But all work is a calling. Uh, God has called us and assigned us to our task, it says in 1, in 1 Corinthians 1.17. It's put every one of us in a body. Some of us get to do the tasks that aren't as, you know, prominent and aren't as maybe good, what we would consider good tasks, but all work is a calling. So why is that important? Well, to be called to do something, somebody has called you. And the person that has called you is God. So if you know that you're called to do your job, then you're doing your job for God. So you're not doing it for your own advancement, and you're not doing it to prove yourself. You're doing it because, you, because God has called you to do it, so you're doing it to please God. So that has the effect of making you want to work hard and be good at your job, but it also takes the pressure off you because you're doing it for God. 
not for any other reason. Well, there is another reason. I'll tell you that one in a minute. But um, So the next scripture. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance for the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And then the next one. The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes, because God is interested in good craftsmanship, which I think is brilliant, because you're working for God, so you're going to do it well. The second thing that a, that a calling shows us is that we're also doing it for others. We're doing it in order to fulfill that original calling that God gave us, which was to fill the earth, to create culture, to spread out, to make a good civilization. So we, and, you know, Jesus says that, you know, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we're also doing work for others so that the whole community works, so that, you know, everything, if everybody does their place, uh, their place, then the whole community works. So we're doing it uh, for others. So I've got two more for that. So Mother Teresa says, work without love is slavery. And Timothy Keller, who I nicked most of this from, it's a brilliant book called Every Good Endeavour. I do recommend it if you get a chance to read it, all about work. If we, sorry. Bye. If we view that all jobs are ways of loving our neighbour, then we might choose a job that pays less and benefits more people. So... I'm particularly thinking of, of those that are in retirement, <laughs> as it were. If we still have the view that God has called us, that we're not just riding it out, you know, I've done my time, it's my time to enjoy myself and sit it out. But if we realize that we probably, God has got a design and a calling for us, and that it's a way of serving others, then what a great time for opportunities to do things for God. God might have something amazing for you. And if I think about this church, um, there are so many things that our retired people do that just wouldn't be, the church wouldn't function without our retired people that are serving uh, the body of Christ. It's just fantastic. You know, I, I think of Tony and Andy and Mike. I don't know if Mike, I think Mike's outside. You know, what the work they did on this place you know, and others, and they, they've done that in their retirement. They're still doing things for the kingdom of God. They're still doing things for others. Oh, it's gone. There we are. So, we've got the picture. Work's a gift. It's a calling. So, why are there problems? Well, work can be difficult, can't it? Work can be really, really hard. And so, despite all these things, work can be hard. Well, why is it hard? Well, First of all, because of the fall. Because of the fall of man. This is what it says. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles. By the sweat of your brow you will eat food. So before the fall, they were going to you know, make the best of this garden and cultivate it. After the fall of man... Still doing it, but it's going to be a lot, lot harder. And that's why sometimes work is difficult, because unfortunately um, the ground has been cursed and things are waiting 
you know, all of creation's waiting for that curse to be removed at some point or other. Another reason why you might get into difficulties at work is when God made the earth, he rested on the seventh day. And some of you get into difficulties because you're not getting the rest that you need. So um, just bear that in mind. If you're struggling, are you getting the rest that you need? You know, um, it was a very important part of, of Israel's um, commands that they kept the Sabbath because he knew how easy it was to keep working on that day. So make sure you get your rest. Another reason, which is a little bit um, weird, really, is not... Can you show me the next slide? Yeah, I found this scripture, which I thought was interesting. Give generously, this is to the poor, and do so without grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. So that's just something to bear in mind. If we are not generous to the poor, if we are grudging in our giving, then um, maybe that our work will suffer. And then, obviously... Another main reason is because you, um, <clears throat> you have an enemy who wants to um, attack you. So, I've got three minutes, and I've got about 20 minutes left worth. So, I'm going to cut a lot out now. I have three scenarios in the Bible of difficult work situations and things that we can learn from them. So I will mention what those scenarios are, but I won't draw anything from them. So we had Joseph, who had been put in prison. We had the children of Israel who were in slavery under the Egyptian masters. And we have Nehemiah trying to rebuild the walls. So in your own time, you could look at that and see the difficulties that they had in work. So why, why is it, why, sorry, what do we do when we get these work difficulties? So, first thing is we need to have the right attitude and say the right thing. Are we saying, I hate work, today's going to be an awful day, can't wait till I'm out of here, I'm just going to hang on. If we're saying that, then we're not going to get a very, we're not going to do very well in our jobs. The other thing is, and we can see this from the story of Nehemiah, which I'm not going to um, get into, um, that we might have to do some spiritual warfare in, in our jobs. Another thing is you have to believe the right thing about yourself. If you're believing the wrong thing about yourself, you won't be a good employee. So we need to have the right attitude about ourselves. And sometimes we might just need some deliverance of um, God needs to move us on from the job that we're in. And uh, that's why we need wisdom, because sometimes God wants us to stay there and fight. Sometimes God wants us to move on. Sometimes he wants us to change our attitude in the work that we're doing. So I'm going to finish with um, just a testimony of my own um, success in work in re recently. So... <clears throat> or my own change of attitude. So about two years ago, Hugh did a preach on the rest of your life is the best of your life. And I felt totally challenged because I knew 
that I had got a negative attitude about my future and I actually had assumed that my best years were gone uh, in most areas of my life. So I felt very challenged by God that could I believe that the rest of my life is the best of my life. So I wrote down five areas that I wanted um, God to make the best, you know, that the best was still to come in those areas. The first one, I can't tell you what it is because it's very personal, but God completely and utterly turned it around within six months, like totally the opposite thing has happened. And I can't believe how much that has changed. And that was God. The second thing on my list was work. And I thought, well, this is interesting. How's, how's this going to work out? Because to be honest, I am getting towards the age where I couldn't consider retirement. And um, I'm thinking, oh, how long will I have to carry on in this job? Um, how long can I just ride it out? I don't really want to get involved in anything. I just want to tick over. I don't really want to, you know, do anything. <laughs> and um, so I just felt that I was entering each, each day with the wrong attitude. Now, uh, a few years ago, and let this be a lesson, Phil, um, there's a song we used to sing, and I hated the song because we sang it that much. Hated it. And that is, this is the day that the Lord has made. A long time ago. This is the day that the Lord has made. Anyway, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hated that song, right? It's from Psalm 118. But there was a time when I was completely oppressed by a spirit of death. Again, I've got to hurry up now, but by a spirit of death, when I went to visit Yemen, I came back and I was utterly oppressed of the devil. And the thing that got me through was that verse. Um, and that, because I didn't want the day. I wasn't rejoicing in the day. I wasn't glad God had given me another day. I didn't want another day at the time. I just wanted it all to be over. So what I used to have to say is, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, even though I didn't feel it. And by the end of a few weeks, God completely set me free of that, and I was okay. And um, I was reminded of that for this job, my job that I'm in, because I thought, I don't really say that about the day now, because I'd rather not be at work. So <laughs> I was challenged that I needed to say, this is the day, this is my working day, this day that I've got, the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been approaching the day and saying, thank you, God, for this working day. It's not going to be difficult. Or if it is difficult, you'll be with me, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And guess what? It's completely changed my attitude at work. So um, I just feel happier about going to work. And I'm not now thinking, you know, oh, get me out of it, get me out of it. So that's one thing, saying the right thing, confessing the right thing, having the right attitude. And then the other thing is, through the Keys of Freedom course, and um, what's really good about that course is 
sometimes you've got thought patterns, things that you think about yourself or things that you're thinking that really you shouldn't be thinking, but they're kind of hidden. You don't even realize you're thinking them. And then God reveals it by his spirit that it's something that needs to get sorted. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that came out in the Keys for Freedom course for me was that um, I felt sure that I wouldn't be able to do a good job and get all the work done. Now, it was quite subtle because if you ask me if I'm good at my job and if I've got the talents and gifts to do my job, I would say, yes, definitely, that it is the job for me and it's something that I'm good at. But because I've become overwhelmed by the amount of things there are to do in the job and because there's so much, it's a bit like the Nehemiah. there's too much when they were trying to rebuild the world, too much rubble, I can't, I can't complete this. And so this thought had started to come in. So I just used to, I was approaching each day believing, well, I went, well, I'll never be able to do it all, I'll never be able to get it all done. And God challenged me that that is not true. If that's what I think for the rest of my working life, I'll never be able to get it all done, I'll never be able to do a good job, even though I know I'm good at my job, it's impossible, then I'm not going to um, ever succeed. So again, God showed me, you know, he is my strength. And, and I've got everything I can do to finish this job. And what has happened, I've got a new impetus to move forward. I'm, I'm getting involved in projects that I didn't think I would get involved in, that I would back out of. And God's bringing people alongside me to do it. So the truth is, I will get the jobs done. I can get the jobs done. So I just share that as a, you know testimony that the the rest of my working life will be the best of my working life because I'm approaching it from a different attitude because I'm believing I'm believing the best uh, the things that I should be believing about me and I'm believing the things that God says about work so I just hope that that in some way is helpful to you and I think there's one the very, just put the very last slide up this is Elizabeth Elliot, who's a Christian um, author. Work is a blessing. God has arranged the world that work is necessary, and he gives us hands and strength to do it. The enjoyment of leisure would be nothing if we had only leisure. It is the joy of work, well done, that enables us to enjoy rest, just as it is the experiences of hunger and thirst that makes food and drink such pleasures.